Canadians do Thanksgiving. Naturally, we want to have something to be thankful for, and it's a good habit to get into. But unfortunately, many Canadians, and they'll live like this, there's a really long line up in the complaint department, and the gratitude department just doesn't have anybody at all. So it's a really good habit for us to develop. Now, it's not always easy to be grateful, and uh, for the next few minutes, we're going to talk about uh, developing, putting the thanks back into Thanksgiving. And basically, my challenge is to us, how do we join that other lineup? How do we choose to move from complaining? Because many of those complaints and laments are legitimate. How do we move from that complaining lineup to that gratitude lineup? The Apostle Paul, saying goodbye to his friends in Thessaloniki, Greece, uh, signing up a letter, gives them a lot of last-minute advice. It's uh, what my family called the hand on the doorknob conversation. My dad would be really quiet all through the weekend, and with the last 20 minutes, he would really kind of perk up and think of all the things he wanted to say all weekend and just kind of blurt them out. So you kind of got ready for this and kind of brace yourself, and that was kind of the meat from the weekend. And this is kind of like a hand on the doorknob conversation from the Apostle Paul. He just sent out these quick little sound bites for us. And one particular verse I want to focus on is, hey, remember, as he's signing off and saying goodbye to his friends, okay, rejoice all the time. Have a joyful attitude. Choose to find the good in situations. Pray like crazy. Pray continually. Keep it going. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What does God want us to do in life? Rejoice always. That doesn't mean be, you don't have to be happy like that. I mean, I love the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy, but it's not realistic, is it, really? It's just a cute song. And catchy, and now I've given you an earworm for the rest of the morning. You know, okay, let's try to erase that earworm. But choose to see good in situations, okay? Pray continually. Now that doesn't mean we walk down Portage Avenue with our eyes closed and bump into things and bump into people. That's not helpful. Please don't pray with your eyes closed while you drive, okay? Or else you'll make other people pray. I once tried that as a little kid and it didn't work. Anyway, that's another driving story I won't tell you about. Um, anyway, keep your eyes open while you're praying while you're driving, okay? But just have that attitude of always trying to be in communion with God, being aware of Him. And give thanks in all circumstances. Now, how do we do this? Some people would read that verse, give thanks for all circumstances. But that's not what Paul is saying. What if I'm dealing with a terminal illness? What if I'm suddenly, like, you know, like, We've got family members who are having a Thanksgiving with someone who's in palliative care. Their friend probably won't be around for the next Thanksgiving. So how do you give thanks in that circumstance? I don't think it means you give thanks that the person has cancer. I don't think you do that. But in that messy situation, you choose to find things to be thankful for. And that's a very important distinction. 
giving thanks in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. I'm going to invite Luann up right now. I don't talk a lot about the time when I was sick and almost died a few times, but I'm going to invite her up right now and uh, let her speak about this, uh, giving thanks in all circumstances. So just to give you a background, many of you know the story about when uh, Rick was uh, gravely ill about seven years ago. He had a brain hemorrhage and I was in hospital for seven months and got severe brain infections and his prognosis at the age of 47 um, was really grim. He was, uh, it was not good at all and it was a very, very stressful time for all of us and our children and I, I was beside myself with anxiety and what is and what's coming. And I couldn't pray. I found it really hard to settle myself to know how to pray. And Thanksgiving and gratitude was just not part of my life at that point because my, or my husband was in hospital and um, it, things weren't looking good. So I had a, we had a pastor friend in the city who would drop by and visit us frequently in the hospital when we were going through this. This was at the Health Sciences. And I was grateful when uh, Dietrich would come. He would sit and pray with Rick, and then we would go for coffee, and he would talk to me. And I would tell him, I said, I can't pray. Pray for me. And so he gave me this little strategy that really helped to center me. And he said, and every day I want you to sit quietly somewhere and for seven minutes I want you to thank God for everything you can think of. I thought it was kind of crazy because I thought, seven minutes? I can't fill seven minutes with things I'm thankful for. He says, I just want you to try it. He says, I do this practice every day. And so I tried it and I was amazed at how quickly that seven minutes went by. I really didn't time it, but I looked up and I think even more seven, more than seven minutes had passed. And it was amazing how many simple little things I could think of. And, and as I was reciting those off to God, it was actually a, an amazing anxiety reduction strategy. Um, and, and I became calm and I became centered. And I thought, I am talking to God. I am communing with God. And it just, it changed me. It didn't necessarily change the situation. But it changed me, and that was that was what needed to happen. And I felt like I could commune with him again. So life wasn't perfect, and it hasn't been perfect since. You know, you become. <laughs> you know, we all have things in life, but but it's a practice that I do try to continue to do. And uh, yeah, so that's just what I want to share. Thank you. I know some of you are dying to know. So Rick, are you back to normal? It's like, I don't know what. I don't know what normal was in the first place, so we'll just move on from there. But thank you. And uh, that's practice. I was reminding myself that the hardest thing about preaching is that God expects you to practice what you preach. I would much rather prefer to tell you folks to do something and not do it myself. But yesterday, I was reminded of this practice, and I had been a little bit stressed out about things, and I could literally feel my body buzzing. So I sat outside, because it was such a lovely day, and I just started thanking God for everything I could see and smell and experience and all those things. And 
it really helps. I was reading a study from a neurological study this week that says actually when we practice gratitude, it does good things in our brain. It, re it releases serotonin, and uh, it's so, and I'm not saying you necessarily have to go off your medication, I'm going to say stop the Wellbutrin, but it does help release serotonin in our brains. It, Reduces, it releases dopamine, which is a lot of us are clamoring after. Um, so it does good things actually in our brain physiology. But this is more than just uh, practicing good mental health, although it's, it's beneficial. It helps us focus on our relationship with God. It brings us back to Him. There, is, um, there are some times when we feel like we're in such a tight space we cannot possibly be grateful. We just can't. And I, I totally empathize with that situation because I, we have felt that way. I was reading this week about uh, a young mother whose child had been uh, had broken her back and was taken into an emergency room. And uh, they wheeled the child in in the gurney and the mom and the dad go to the waiting room. And the mom goes into this room and she says, the husband's trying to figure out what's wrong. There's no windows in this waiting room. It feels like a tomb. He said, okay, honey, we'll go to the cafeteria, we'll get a cup of tea, we'll, you know, we don't have to sit here right away, we'll just go and de-stress as they go and talk in the cafeteria, and then she ends up bringing her tea back to the windowless waiting room that felt like she was all hemmed in by circumstances. And as she was praying, she felt God speak to her, and God said this to her, Gratitude provides a window in a windowless room. She felt a boxed in by circumstances, right? And they were really serious. Her little eight-year-old daughter had a broken back and surgery was going on and she was in a panic moment, which is a perfectly natural response to that kind of a situation. But God said, you want a window? Gratitude provides a window in a windowless room. And being thankful is a way to let the light come back into our lives. Because when we live lives filled with ingratitude or not being able to be thankful, we lose all perspective of who's really in charge, who's providing for us, who's looking out for us. Now it's understandable to feel that way and want to curl up in a ball and curl up in a shell but God loves us so much. He doesn't want us to remain curled up in a ball. And He, in His Spirit, wants to lovingly break through. And when we start, instead of clenching our fists, when we start holding out our hands like this, extending them and saying, Thank you, Lord, that also puts us in a really good posture to receive and recognize the gifts He has already given us and the gifts he's going to give in the future. It's just a good habit. I told you before of my friend, Jeff, the Anglican Mennonite, Jeff Friesen, he taught me how to pray like this, just with my hands up like this. Not grabby, but thankful and ready to receive. And that's a good posture, a good attitude for us, especially this Thanksgiving day. So being thankful is the way to let the light back in. Ashley had a brilliant idea for worship this morning, and I don't know if it was a little 
unsettling. First of all, we did communion two weeks in a row. What the dickens is going on? Are we going Catholic or Brethren or Anglican or what? But she had the idea, and it was really smart, I thought, wise. It was really wise. You know, this is a family meal. No, there's no turkey. I suppose we could recycle the bread for stuffing, but but it's a family gathering. It's a family celebration. There's something very powerful about some of the terminology behind communion. Eucharisteo is a Greek word that means to give thanks. Now, when you look at that word Eucharisteo, what do you see in that? The Eucharist. Many churches refer to communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. They refer to it as the Eucharist. And it comes from the Greek word to give thanks. So really, what we did here is a thank you meal, right? Now, I don't know why in all my years of pastoring, I hadn't really put these two things together. Because for me, communion, you know, I was always taught, even as a little kid, before I was actually allowed to participate, it's a way of remembering what Jesus did. And that's that's true. I mean, it's kind of a solemn and sad and serious occasion. And that's the way I grew up with it. But when you think about it, it's a way for us to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And what did Jesus say the first time he did this with his friends? Guys, I want you to keep on doing it and remember me. In fact, on our communion table, we didn't have it on display, um, but this is what it says on the front of the table. Sorry, I'm going to mess up the nice tablecloth. It says, this do in remembrance of me. Okay? This do in remembrance of me. So when we remember what Jesus did, remembering is kind of putting the family back together. When you get together in a family reunion and, certain, and all of a sudden the, the, the stories of growing up come out, whether they're good or bad or funny or sad, all these, and you kind of remember and reconnect as a family, right? So at a family meal, in communion, we remember, we remember Jesus, but we're also put together, back together as a body. There are a lot of things in life that threaten to dismember us, <laughs> whether um, literally or figuratively. A lot of things that threaten to just tear us apart. A lot of things that can tear apart a Christian family. It's natural for personality conflicts and personal tastes and different views on theology and all these different things to just cause things to blow up. I mean, we're an unlikely group of people, which is something I brag about. I brag about you in chapel because I love the diversity that God gives us here. We are so blessed to have so many different kinds of people here at Elam. Do you know how delightfully weird that is? I mean, how unusual. How unusual. I don't want to say that you're weird, just that the pastor's weird. But it's so delightful. And God is in it. But there are many things that would threaten to dismember us, right? Even just the busyness of life, we can easily get dismembered. That's another reason to be a part of a house church, so we can remember, reconnect. But when we come together 
to share that Jesus meal together. We remember what he's done and we're reconnected with him. Eucharisteo, to give thanks. There's a couple of root words in this Eucharisteo. Charis is the word for grace, undeserved favor. Just, oh, we don't have enough time for me to unpack grace today. We'll do it another day. It's just such a powerful word. And the word kara means joy. So in the midst of this Eucharisteo, as we give thanks, grace and joy just kind of bubble out of that as we learn to practice to say thank you to God and practice gratitude. Make it a habit. Whether you do the seven minute thing or keep a list or whatever, grace and joy just bubble up and emerge in our lives. I want to leave you with one of my favorite writers, G.K. Chesterton. He wrote this little poem saying, Here dies another day, during which I have had eyes, ears, hands, and the great world around me. And with tomorrow begins another. Why am I allowed to? Chesterton had a great perspective on life. He said, I have all these things that we so often take for granted. And it's such a gift from God. And I can likely anticipate that the same thing will happen tomorrow. Who am I? Who am I that I should get to? What a great attitude to go into Thanksgiving weekend with. Let's pray. Father, I know that you want to transform our hearts. I know that you want us to get a new perspective on life by being grateful. And this is really a commandment for our own good. So help us to follow this command even when we don't feel like it. We trust our feelings with you. We know we can be honest with you. But I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help change our perspective. That we could be thankful people, grateful people, and learn how to put this into practice. And I pray that you would transform us into the image of Jesus. Again, thank you so much. We, we take up the rest of the day saying thank you, but you know what we mean. Sign your loving children, even child.